Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Redemption HD podcast. We hope that this episode blesses you, that it encourages you. If you want to know more about Redemption High Desert, you could visit our website at redemptionhighdesert.com. Also, follow us on all social media platforms at Redemption760. Here we go, live from Redemption HD. So let's go ahead, guys. We're in Psalms uh, 34. And uh, we began a, a conversation last week um, out of Matthew uh, 22, verse 37, uh, which says that we shall love God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and with all of our soul. And when we read it last week, um, we saw that the Pharisees came to test Jesus, and they were trying to you know, trap him in a corner and just see if they can trap him in some way. And so they asked him, what is the greatest commandment? And so Jesus replied again with verse 37, he says, uh, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And so we are uh, talking about that very thing is loving God with all of our heart. You know, what does that look like? How do we do that? You know, our heart can be divided in so many ways amongst so many things. So how do we come to this place of loving God with all of our heart? Um, one of the things that we talked about last week was uh, we looked at the story of David and David building the temple. And in this moment where God instructs David to build the temple, he also instructs David that uh, David's son Solomon is going to be the one who finishes the temple. And rather than David, you know, uh, being hurt by that or frustrated with that, David saw it, saw it as an, uh, an opportunity uh, just to, to continue to give God his everything. And so he built this temple, he gathered the materials, and he, you know, he came to this place of humility, and he just said, God, everything that we do, you know, all power belongs to you, everything that we have belongs to you, we do this from this, this place of humility. And so David, David was showing that, you know, in everything, in, in every circumstance, you know, come to God in humility and give him your whole heart. And so today uh, we're going to stay on that, uh, but we're going to be in Psalms 34. And uh, let's go ahead and read uh, verse 18. Chapter 34, verse 18 says, The Lord is near to those uh, who have a broken heart. Um, I have, a, uh, I have a, a lot of uh, habits that, uh, my wife isn't fully supportive of. Um, there's a lot of things that I do uh, that frustrate my wife sometimes. Um, you know, one of my habits is um, lately, actually, uh, I've been taking off my socks in the living room at night when I start watching TV, and I leave them there till the morning. And uh, my wife will get up in the morning, and uh, she'll grab her cup of coffee and you know, open the, the living room sliding door, and we have a nice view uh, behind our house, and so she opens it up, and what does she have to look at is two socks that are sitting there from the night before, and so uh, she, she really doesn't enjoy that habit of mine. Um, my wife also doesn't enjoy when I uh, make the kitchen a mess after she had just spent uh, 30 minutes uh, or more, cleaning it. Um, I have a bad habit of, as she's washing dishes, I'm pulling dishes out and using them, and then uh, filling the sink again. And uh, I know that that's not that 
that doesn't earn me any husband points for sure. Um, another habit that I have, and uh, I just realized yesterday um, that this doesn't really uh, go well with her, is when I wake up on a Saturday morning bumping Vicente Fernandez while she's trying to sleep in, um, you know, that, uh, that doesn't always go well. So uh, I'm learning, guys. I'm learning as a husband. You would think 10 years into this, you know, I'd have some things right, but I just realized more and more how many things I have wrong. So I'm working, babe. I'm working. I'm a work in progress. You know, I remember when we were in high school, they used to have the cars and the trucks that everybody's working on, and they would put on the window under construction. And I'm going to get a shirt that says that. I am a husband that is under construction. So... Uh, uh, another habit that I have um, is that I don't throw away things, um, and what I mean by that is when something's broken in my house or if there's an item that, that breaks, um, I don't throw it away. Um, I, I figure, hey, if it's broke, then, then I can fix it, uh, or if it's broke, I can use it for parts or use it for something else. Um, I just hold on to a lot of things, and I know that drives my wife crazy because uh, if something breaks around her, she tosses it. And I know that most of you guys probably do that. If something breaks, why keep it? You know, if something breaks, why do you even have it? Right? It's easy to throw something away that is broken. It's no good. There's no use for it. We can go get something else. And I know that that is the normal thing. Uh, but what I want to ask this morning is, what do we do when we have a broken heart? What do we do when our heart is broken? Our heart could be broken for so many reasons. It could be broken because, you know, we've lost a family member. Our heart could be broken because we're going through trial, tribulation. Our heart could be broken because, you know, of broken relationships. Uh, we could just have a broken spirit you know, battling depression and anxiety. What do we do when our heart is broken? Especially when you look at it through the lens of Matthew uh, 22, where Jesus says to love God with all of our heart. And we talked about it last week. Everybody desires that. Everybody wants to love God with all of their heart. God, you can have it all. Everything that I am, everything that I have belongs to you. I mean, and this sounds really good, and I, and I really uh, know, I know that God wants us to position our heart in that place. But what do we do when our heart is broke? What do we do when there's areas of our heart that have been broken because of things that we've went through? Our heart is broken because of things that we're going through, things from our past. Like, what do we do? How do we love God with all of our heart? And, and what we have to see, what we have to realize, and what we need to embrace and be comforted by is this, is that God is drawn to our brokenness. A broken heart is not something that God throws away but a broken heart is something that God draws near to. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Giving God all of our heart. Loving God with all of our heart, even with a broken heart. Amen. So let's go ahead and, and uh, go back here to Psalms 34. Psalms 34. And let's go ahead and uh, start in verse 17. You know, let's reread verse 18, and then we'll go back up to 17. Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord 
is near to those who have a broken heart. How many of you guys need God to draw near to you this morning? How many times have you found yourself in a place where you needed the nearness of God? How many people do you know that need, that need God to be near? And here's the thing, guys, is it's not, again, it's, it's not like uh, an item in our house that breaks and we just throw it away. It's not like our heart is, is no good once it's broken. But these are the moments that God says, I want to be there for you. I need to be there for you. I can be there for you. We just have to have the faith that invites him into those situations. So let's go ahead and take a look here. We're at verse 17 of uh, chapter 34. It says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears. So if you have a broken heart, if you're broken in any way, if you've been through broken situations and broken relationships, if you have a broken spirit right now, if you're in that place, the key is right here in verse 17. It's, it's, it's right here. It says, the righteous cry out. From that place of brokenness, we have to cry out. You know what crying out is? It's prayer. It's, it's that conversation with God, that real talk with God. And, and if you're sitting here watching this and you say, well, how do I pray? Prayer is, is just like talking to anyone else. You talk to God just like you would a friend. And, and you, you don't have to think of all these, you know, big words or you don't have to change the tone of your voice or, you know, you don't have to do any of that. Like God just wants you to talk with him. And so when it says that the righteous cry out, you, you have to get yourself to this place where you have the faith and the humility just to talk to God. Tell him about your brokenness. Tell him about what you're going through. Tell him about what you're facing. Because that type of faith, look at what it does here, the, the second part of that verse. It says the Lord hears. So the righteous cry out, the righteous pray. Right When we get to that place of brokenness, when our heart is broken, we want to give God all of our heart. We want to love him with all of our heart, our mind, our soul. We want to give him everything. But we find ourselves in this place of brokenness, so what do we do? We pray. We talk to God. We say, God, this is what I'm going through. And, and listen, guys, God already knows. He already knows what you're going through. God knows what you're facing. He knows yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He holds time in his hand. He knows all things. He has an eternal perspective. When you pray, when you begin to open up your mouth, when you begin to open up your heart to God and confess these things and talk about those things, this is what it does. It activates your faith, and your faith is the invitation for God to invade. When you begin to pray, that posture of faith is what God is waiting for. Without faith, the Bible says that it's impossible to please God. Faith is the highway that God travels on. And so when you begin to pray, that, that expression of faith, that invites God to come in, just like here in verse 17, for him to hear. He gives his ear to your prayers. He gives his ear to your cry. He gives his ear to your intercession. He gives your ear to, to all the frustration, the anger, whatever you have inside that's bringing you to this broken place. God's ear is turned to you as you lift up that expression of faith and cry out to him. Look at what it says. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears. It says he hears and delivers them out of their troubles. 
He delivers them out of their troubles. God turns his ear as you cry out, as you pray, as you intercede, as you begin to talk to him about why you have this broken heart, what you're broken over, as you begin to lift up that that sound of faith, God turns his ear and then he comes to deliver you. Look, at he delivers them out of their troubles. That word delivers, it means to rescue, to recover, to save. Like this is what God wants to do in that place of brokenness. He's not looking to throw your heart away. He's not saying, you know what, this is broken and there's nothing that I can do with it. I'm just going to go get another heart. Like he's, he wants to come and invade that space of brokenness. Turn his ear and then save you from that. Deliver you from that. Rescue you from that. You just have to posture your heart in that place of faith that begins to cry out. God delivers. He is a deliverer. He always has been. He always will be. God's not far from you. He's not far from us right now. And our faith, our faith is that invitation. Amen. It says, and delivers them out of their troubles. The troubles are the things that gave us the broken heart. You know, when, when you lose a family member, that's, that's heartbreaking. You know, it's heartbreaking to lose somebody so close, you know, somebody that you love. It's, you know, it, it breaks your heart. You know, you could lose friendships, you know, relationships that were so dear, so near to you. You know, and, and through circumstance situations, you know, you could, those relationships could be broken. They could break. You know, even just trials, tribulation, things that we go through can bring us to this place of brokenness. You know, you could have disappointments, betrayal, financial struggle. I mean, we can just go down the list of things that would bring you to this place of brokenness, that trouble that, that you find yourself in when your heart feels like it's in a million pieces. But that does not discourage God. God's not standing back and saying, man, Stephon got himself in a lot of trouble bumping Vicente Fernandez when Aeli is trying to sleep. I don't know if I could, I mean, I know you guys are just ready to bump some, some chente today after I said all that. God's not afraid of your trouble. He's not afraid of your, your trouble. God is not afraid of what you're going through. He's not standing back thinking about how is he going to fix the brokenness that you're in. God has always fixed broken people. He's fixing broken people right now. And he always will fix broken people. The troubles that you find yourself in do not push God away, but they draw God near. This, this is the, these are truths for me um, that give me this passion for God. 
these are truths for me that bring me to this place to where I can never see myself walking away from God because he's so good. Is that God isn't looking for me to, to be in this place where I'm never broken. He knows that in those moments where, where I go through tough times, he draws near so that he can put me back together. That, for me, is what stirs my heart and gives me this love for God. It gives me this passion for God. Because he never turns his back on us. He never walks away from us. He never leaves us, you know, as we are in that place of brokenness. And I know that sometimes brokenness and, and healing those broken, wound, those broken things, those wounds, the healing that has to come, I know that sometimes that's a process. You know, it's a process that... that at times takes a while, but God's faithful to, to finish that process. You know, God is faithful to finish the process of putting you back together from the state of brokenness. And, and we see it here in verse 17. He delivers them out of their troubles. He delivers you out. You were in trouble because of the broken relationships. You were in trouble because of the broken situations. You were in trouble because of all the brokenness that you're experiencing in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. You were in trouble, in brokenness, but God came to deliver you out of it. He came to take you out. Your cry turned his ear, and as he heard you pray and ask for him to invade that space of brokenness, he comes and delivers you out of that trouble. The greatest commandment to love God with all of our heart, mind, our soul, our strength, to give God our all. But in that all, there are issues and areas that are broken, but that does not push God away. That does not mean that we don't love God. In those moments, our love for God grows because he comes and shows us his greater love. He comes and shows us that he loves us so much that he doesn't want to leave us broken. But he wants to take us out of that trouble and put us back together. God is near the broken hearted. He's close. God is close to us. He is not a far off God, but he is near. Amen. Verse 18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. You know what, just if, if you're in that place of brokenness, just pray that. You know, God, draw near to me. God, be near. Let me know, let me feel, let me hear, let me sense your nearness. Let me experience your nearness. Just pray that. It's okay to ask God to, to, to make himself known. Again, that prayer of faith is the invitation for God to invade. And so just ask God, God, show me your nearness I want to feel your nearness. I want to hear your nearness. He's near to you. This is what the Bible says. His word says that he's near and invite him in. He's not far. He's near the brokenhearted. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. And he saves. 
He not only delivers you, but he saves you. And I know that that might come across as the same thing. But to deliver is is to take out, to rescue from. To save is to put you in a place that is completely uh, free from the thing that you were just rescued out of. If a building is on fire and the fire department comes and they pull you from that building, as they are taking you out of the building, you're being delivered and rescued. But it's the point that you get away from the burning building and you put your feet on that ground and you realize that you're no longer in danger, that's when you're safe. So God not only delivers you out of your trouble, He not only takes you from that place that has brought you to this this place of brokenness, He doesn't just take you out of that, but He takes you away from it and plants your feet so that you're safe. The things that have broken your heart, God wants to deliver you from. And then he wants to establish a safety underneath you, a foundation underneath you, a rock underneath you that you can stand on. Something that you can stand on and look back at your brokenness and say, you know what, God, not only did you take me out of it, but you put me in a safe place. You put me on this place that I'm no longer in danger of what was breaking my heart before. The things that were heavy and the things that hurt, the things that I had to deal with, the things that I had to go through, no longer have me in this place of of trouble. But I'm standing in a safe place right now. Loving God with all of your heart is a safe space. It's a safe place. You could be honest with God. You can have real talk and conversations with Him. He's not afraid of the realness of your conversation. God's not afraid of what you have to say. You better be careful and have a little bit of fear to what you might want to say to him in some cases, but God's not moved by what we have to say. Ask Job. He's not moved by what we have to say. So sometimes you have to come to that place of humility and honesty and just cry out to God to invite that deliverance, to invite that safety, that saving. God's near. He's near to us. So close. Look at this again. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save and saves such as have a contrite spirit. One of the things that we pointed out last week that David really highlighted for us um, in First uh, Chronicles chapter 29, um, is that there was just this sign of humility. There was just this life of humility in David. David was really just uh, letting everyone know that all of the power that, that he had was nothing in comparison to the power that God had. He, he knew that the honor and the wealth that he had all came from God. He, he knew that even the supplies that he was going to build the temple with, all of that came from God. Like David was really expressing himself from this place of humility in First Chronicles chapter 29. 
Um, and that, and I told you guys last week, that, that's part of the key. The, the, that's a key uh, of giving God our whole heart. A key to giving God your whole heart is to be humble. To be in a place of humility. Um, again, and, and I, I, this was the light that I, I wanted to shine on, that la- on, on this last week, is that humility isn't looking down upon yourself. It's, it's not putting yourself in this place where you feel like you have no worth or you don't see the value in who you are. Humility is that when you know all those things, you know your worth, you know your value, you know your strengths, you know your power, you know your resources, you know all those things, you're grateful for all those things, you have all those things, but you come to this place of understanding that God is far greater than those things. Humility is, is coming and saying, God, all that I have and all that I am is good, and I thank you for it, but I am in nothing compared, I am nothing compared to you, and I am nothing without you. This is humility. Humility is not to, to shame your, yourself or to guilt yourself. It's not to look down on you. Humility is just coming to God saying, God, what I can do isn't even close to what you can do. You can do far greater, far more, and far better than anything that I can do. That's humility. And that's a key to giving God your whole heart. To love God with all of our heart. That means that every area of your heart, everything that makes you up as a person, who you are, what you love, what you like, your hobbies, your interests, your strengths, all of the things that you fill your heart with, humility is coming and saying, you know what, God, all of this stuff I thank you for, you're far above it, I have this because of you, and it's yours if you want me to give it. Like, this is humility, and it's a key to giving God our whole heart. So in this place of brokenness, humility is still that key, because you have to be humble enough to start off like we did in verse 17 that cries out, that says, God, I need you. Because pride will tell, you know, pride will keep you from praying. Pride will keep you from saying, God, I'm broken. You know, sometimes we get hurt so much or sometimes we're so hurt, we don't want to tell anyone. We actually want to put up a front that it doesn't bother us, that we're not bothered, we're not moved. Ah, it's okay, I'm not phased by this. You know, what I'm going through, it's nothing. You know, I don't care that, that this relationship is, is over. I don't care. You know, I don't care that I'm going through. Like, we, we put up, we have this pride that, that puts up these walls to make everyone think that we got it all together. That pride will keep you from crying out to God. That pride will keep you from saying, God, I need you right now in this place of brokenness. And so you have to be humble enough to cry out and just say, God, I can't fix this. You know, God, I can't do this. I'm, I'm beyond anything that I can fix right now. Anything I can't do. That, that humility, that being humble in that way is a key to God coming in and consuming your whole heart. And when you're broken, when you're in that place of brokenness, it, it, it's, it's a key. It's, it's what you need to invite God in to bring your healing, to bring your deliverance, to bring your safety. Look again right here. He saves such as have a contrite spirit. That word contrite, uh, and the contrite spirit is a humble spirit. It's humility. You know, to be contrite means you're regretful, you're remorseful, you, you understand um, the wrong that you've done. And so a contrite spirit is a humble spirit because you realize that you are in need of a Savior. You're in need of God. 
And when you do that, when you come to God and just say, you know what, God, I need you. He, he comes and he invades your situation. He invades your space. He invades that place that you need him to touch. You know, the scripture we talked about last week in, re- in reference to David's humble heart was Psalms ten seventeen. It says, Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear. That's Psalms ten seventeen. He heard. He hears the desire of the humble. Prayer is prayer is is an act of humility. You know, it's it's like if you're when you ask for help. I mean, that's that's a sign of humbleness. You know, when I had to ask uh, Eddie and Tim to help me with my truck, hey, I can't have no pride that I couldn't fix my truck. You know, I needed to, I needed to be humble and say, hey, guys, I need some help. Uh, which, by the way, guys, the truck was driving great last night. Thank you very much. But when you when you come to God and, and you're in that place where you need him to invade a situation, when you, you come to God and you need him to touch an area of your life, do it in all humility because we can't fix ourselves. You know, they, people will say that, you know, time, time will heal, you know, heal wounds. And I believe that's true that time involves God. I think that if we try to let, you know, if, if our excuse is time's going to heal this situation and all we're doing is sweeping it under the rug... If we're taking the brokenness of our heart and trying to put it on a shelf and not allowing God to come in and fix it, that brokenness will always be there. That wound will always be there. And we can try to ignore it all we want. But that trouble that we read about here in verse 17, that trouble will always be there. Let's get to that point of humility that we can just say, you know what, God? Yeah, I'm pretty broke. You know, I'm pretty broken in this, this area. And watch what he'll do. You know, he will deliver. He will save you. He's near. He's near. God is near in those moments. We want to love God with all of our heart. This, this is the greatest commandment, right? The greatest commandment is, you know, not to have a lot of money and material things. You know, it's, it's not to have, you know, a big ministry. You know, the greatest commandment is to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. Like, this is, the, this is what God wants from us. And we want to do that. Everybody wants to do that, right? I can ask, I'm sure all you guys watching this, if I said, hey, do you want to love God with all your heart? I'm sure everybody's going to say, yeah, of course. But there's just things in our heart that sometimes become stumbling blocks to us from doing that. And today, the conversation is our brokenness. Our brokenness can be a stumbling block into giving God our whole heart. And it's not that our brokenness pushes God away. Our brokenness is a stumbling block because we think that God is far from that place, that that God can't fix it, or that God, you know, we don't trust God with it. But we just read that God wants to. He's near. He turns his ear. He saves us. He rescues us from that place. So you can love God with all of your heart, even if your heart is broken. 
You just have to invite God in so that he can heal you and save you from that. Amen. Well, today was good. This was a good word. Um, not because I preached it. Um, it's, it's just a good, encouraging word. You know, uh, I, I love when I get to spend, you know, I spend the, the week preparing when it's like a, 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 a portion of Scripture, like a story. There's like so much that you can learn and read and study and all that. Like last week, you know, First Chronicles Chapter 29, verse 10 through 20, David, you know, is building the temple, all these things. Like there was 10 verses that I got to really dive into and kind of just spend some time on. This week, God had me on two verses, two verses, you know, Psalms 34, verse 17 and 18. And every day he just had me on those two things. But as simple as that is, you know, it's, it's not a lot. Of words, it's it's not this long story, but the power that's in that those simple verses, the simple verses of the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Like that, those two verses um, really went deep in my life. You know, it, it brought me to this point where I had to take those broken things um, and say, here you go, God. You know, he, here are the areas that are broken in my life, and here are the areas that I have been broken over. Coming to that place of humility and just inviting God in was, was good for me this week. And, and I hope that you guys can take these verses and encourage yourself the rest of this week. You know, that whatever area that might be broken or broken situations that you're in or going through, things from the past, God's not far. He's near. And He's near because He wants to save you and deliver you from that trouble. So just pray. Talk to God. Have that conversation with Him. And watch what He'll do. You know, he, he might reveal some things that you've done. I mean, that, that was my situation. You know, when I came to God and said, this is what, this is, what is, is broken in my heart. You know, he highlighted some things that I had to repent of. And he highlighted some things that I had to change. And, and that's okay. You know, we need, to, we need to be okay with that. Again, that's the contrite spirit. That's the, the regretfulness, the, the remorse. It's, it's understanding that there, there might be some things that we could change in ourselves to help that process of healing. But when you, when you can, again, put your heart out like that, you know, this is for me where I see Matthew 22, what Jesus said, you know, loving God with all of your heart. This is what, for me, this is what I'm seeing, is that God, if I'm gonna love you with all of my heart, then that means I gotta love you even with the parts that are broken. You know, I gotta love you with everything, and, and here it is. Fix it. You know, please heal it. Take it away. Do whatever you need to do, God, to help me get past this. God's faithful to do that. Amen. Amen. Let's let's pray really quick and
God, we just thank you for your goodness, God, your mercy, your grace. God, we thank you that in moments and seasons where we find ourselves broken, that you're not far, but you're near. God, we thank you for your faithfulness that when we cry out, you hear us. Not only do you hear us, God, but you deliver us. You save us from our trouble. God, we thank you for that. God, we want to love you with all of our heart, so help us to present our heart fully to you. Whatever it is, God, that is broken, whatever's broke in our heart, God, help us to humbly come before you to invite you in to fix it. God, you're near. You're not far. You're not far at all. You're so near, so close, God. You're just waiting for that cry. You're waiting for that prayer. You're you're waiting for that expression of faith that would open the door for you to come in and touch us and change us. So God, here's that moment. Have your way. Have your way in us. Have your way in our heart. Fix what needs to be fixed. Heal what needs to be healed. Replace what needs to be replaced, God. And we give you all of the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit us at evargus760.com and also redemptionhighdesert.com. 